The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Thanks for tuning into the show today, wherever you are in self-quarantine all around the world. Just crazy times that we're dealing with here. I want to introduce my interview today. I'm going to be talking with Patrick Arguin, and he's the author, illustrator, and creator of the Tools of the Heart children's book series. And when we originally broadcast this show on March 25th, I had some audio issues, and so I wanted to just redo this intro a little bit, and we're going to get right into the interview. And these books are really an amazing collection, and this is a great concept of books and guided meditations intended for young kids to help them build a strong sense of confidence and healthy self-esteem. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Patrick joins me from his home in Quebec. He has a beautiful French accent. I really enjoyed talking to him. So I hope if you enjoy this show or any of the other radio shows and podcast here on unityonlineradio.org that you will check us out on Apple Play, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Enjoy this interview in progress with Patrick Arguin, creator of Tools of the Heart. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. And so just kind of leading into what we were going to talk about today um, with your book series, the Tools of the Heart Children's Book Series, I mean, maybe it's kind of uh, fortuitous, I guess, might be the word that we can talk about this today, because in the books, you really offer some strategies and techniques for parents and kids to to deal with stress and to deal with kind of the weird stuff that we're finding ourselves confronted with in this in this day and time, you mm-hmm. know, so... It, yeah, maybe this is a good time. <laughs> it's a good time that we're talking, you know, so I'm glad that, that we could connect about this. But I wanted to tell people about the books, uh, the children's book series, the Tools of the Heart uh, project that you have there. It's really amazing. I mean, I have the one book here, um, your wonderful publicist, uh, Jonathan uh, Masalinas sent it to me. So I've, I had a chance to read over Father, Son and Mother Earth Create Life which is the first one in the series. So there's currently eight in the series. Is that right? Exactly. And each book, you know, explores a different theme that aims to uh, to help the children in um, taking care of himself and foster his self-esteem and confidence, you know, because I think that self-care is truly the basis of developing those um, for the children. And... Um, you know, I started this project back in 2006, and I think it's the combination of me becoming a counselor, therapist, and a Reiki practitioner, and sim- simultaneously becoming a father is what inspired me to create uh, the series, because I wanted to provide tools for my children. And eventually, that intention spread to all the children in the world, if I can. <laughs> and what led me to become a therapist uh, was because of my own healing journey which is also what inspired the themes of the books. Um, and so, you know, the the base, the, the, the ultimate goal of the, the series is to help the children to learn how to take care of themselves and for parents to learn how to model that in children as well. And so 
the series was made with two wonderful collaborators, you know, Ellen and Michelle. And we really took the time to, to produce this series because, because it touched on the social and emotional development of children. We, we wanted it to be up to par with any acad academia-based uh, approach. And so vocabulary was a crucial element, uh, not only for emotional and psychological accuracy, but also that the universe we created feels warm and inviting for the children. And also in the process, you know, maybe reconnect the, the reading adults with their own inner child. <laughs> so that was done through the words as well as the images which I illustrated, which is uh, my background being in graphic design and illustration. And later on, the, that desire to to elaborate guided meditations and workshops and work more closely with children is what eventually led me to study to become an educator in the school system, which I've been doing for the past six years, as well as develop, developing uh, the many projects and aspects of Tools at Heart. And because it was initially created in French, it was only released in English uh, last year in 2019 so you know i have always projects in the works and um like guided meditations which are currently in the process and a spanish version eventually as well so well this would be wonderful if these concepts could really just go all around the globe you know all around the world and i was going to ask you about that um i mean obvious with your your beautiful french accent that when you go to the website it gives you the url in French of yeah. tools of the heart. So, you know, you originally released this, you know, in your home country, right? Mm -hmm. And then we're able to release it here in English, which I think is really cool. And what I thought was so interesting, I mean, first of all, the they are beautifully illustrated and really whimsical and fun, you know, when you flip through it, beautiful colors. And mm -hmm. when I saw your little video, and I urge people to go to your website and check it out at toolsoftheheart.com, there's a little introduction video. And what you say is that the... Um, the books were designed to really facilitate the retention of certain points. So the way that you laid it out, I mean, while it may seem, you know, simple when you're reading it, because it is a children's book, you know, it's meant for kids, but the way you laid it out was very deliberate, right? And very thought out. And it, it's, I guess it's something I never thought about in reading a children's book that the author is really planning out the way you're presenting this information because really explaining, you know, kind of uh, meditation techniques to kids, they're not going to really grasp it right right away. Like, what do you think about that? The way the way that you laid it out was very deliberate. I thought that was interesting. Uh, yes, that's what I said. We we took our time to really produce it and and uh, go over it over and over again. So we we were sure about what we were trying to convey and facilitate for for the parent like in the stories you know um the um, there is this metaphor of the uh, the rainbow of wisdom that everyone has in his heart and uh in each story uh one of the color of the rainbow takes takes the form of a of an elf which comes to to guide the character into whatever situation he's facing and the dialogues that the elf is uh, using for with the character, um, the parents can use those and model it uh, for his kids. You know, so so we wanted not only to to 
to make beautiful stories, but we wanted to to uh, facilitate um, how parents could train. Um, transmit it and instill it in their own children so you know everything was done to everything we did everything we could to to facilitate that process of, of learning and um, because we we viewed it as a, an educational tool from the get-go right and this and this is designed for uh, teaching kids, you know, about edu uh, educating them, you know, about what meditation is and maybe incorporating some meditation techniques into their own life, you know, into their own mm -hmm. practice. Because really what you're hoping for is that, you know, starting this kind of stuff young and really introducing kids to these techniques. I mean, uh, honestly, you know, it, this was stuff that I was never taught in school when I really needed it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I could have really used these kind of techniques in handling anger or, you know, aggression or, or feelings of, you know, lack of self-worth and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it, it's, it, I think it's interesting if you think of it in that perspective where practice that's so old and, and ancient, you know, as, as meditation techniques and, and breathing yeah. really can seem so new, you know, and, and, and modern, and I guess, to some people. Yes, and it's not just in the techniques, you know, it's all also in what we are trying to convey because <clears throat> what my what my own personal journey taught me um, is that to become a happy and responsible and blossoming adult, uh, you need to become responsible of your own emotions and your own life, etc. And the way to do this is really to learn how to take care for yourself. But where does that start? is um, very young, you know, when in the, in the attachment bond that um, uh, that goes on during, you know, from zero to five, four or five, you know, when, when the child is learning that how the parent is taking care of, it, of, of him is how he will eventually come to take care of himself. And so <clears throat> that is why in the first book, you know the the underlying narrative or the story arc of the of the book is the love between the uh, father and mother, and the life that is created from that, and which you will find the three basics uh, the three basic needs uh, that form the the attachment bond, which is the sense of security, of being loved, and um, uh, not attachment, but um, belonging. Those are, are the three most very basic needs that we have as humans. And you could put like autonomy on top of that, you know, as as uh, when the child starts to grow up and wants more autonomy. But those three needs are very the basic, you know, in how the child um, um, learns how to to, to treat himself and later on treat others and, you know, uh, meet his own needs. You know, the way, the way us parents uh, meet those needs in the children, uh, the more we do this efficiently and lovingly, the more the social uh, and emotional development of the children will go, um, will be facilitated, you know. So, so we start, the first book starts with, you know, uh, learning the basis of taking care of yourself, which is finding your own rhythm 
and learning to breathe properly to the last book, which is taking responsibility, responsibility for your own emotions and uh, learning self-empathy. So, you know, each book was designed with self-care uh, in mind and with, uh, with different approaches, like learning how to uh, respect yourself or uh, assert yourself or listening, being uh, attentive to your inner voice or uh, appreciating your qualities and stuff like that. So all of these to me were crucial element in teaching the, the children how to care for himself, how to appreciate himself. So he can, he can learn, he can have a better outlook about his own value and how to respect it, uphold it and becoming responsible for it which to me is how you become a responsible, happy adult, as I said. So, Right, and just starting young. And I think it's so important that you're bringing up those topics of, you know, empathy, uh, appreciation and, and respect for other people and self-respect for yourself and standing up for yourself and, and taking responsibility and having that self-confidence because I see um, – so many kids today that could really use that. And then I think of my own experience, you know, just growing up, um, you know, as, as a girl. And I remember it even took me a long time to feel comfortable looking people in the eye. You know, I had such a hard time with that. I would just look down or, you know, I felt afraid to be able to do that, you know, even well into an adult, you know, an adult, <laughs> it took me a long time. I yeah. think maybe that was why I was drawn to radio because, Maybe that's kind of a mechanism to hide in a way because nobody nobody sees you. They just hear you. So that was always easier for me to do. Mm-hmm. But um, being able to introduce these kind of concepts to kids, I think, is so important. And just in the beautiful way that you do it, um, at, least, at least in the first book uh, that I have here, Father, Son, and Mother Earth. And I was curious, too, in the presentation of this, and to me, I just wanted to ask you if you know, was this influenced by any kind of folk tale or, or anything like that? Uh, the um, story, cause it kind of reminded me of that in a way, like it had a yeah, folk tale kind of feel. I learned afterwards, you know, after creating the, the metaphor of the, the rainbow in the heart and etc., that it was, um, it was a bit like, um, the native folklore, uh, that they spoke of, um, uh, a rainbow in the heart or, or something like that, you know. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> it was unbeknownst to me while we were creating it. I just, I just took, uh, I just realized that afterwards that it, it had a lot of uh, <clears throat> uh, similarities with native folklore. But it, it was n- never our intention. <laughs> our intention was to, um, um, because the basis of that, how it all started, is that I wanted to teach grounding to my daughter my then three-year-old daughter and how i envisioned it was to create a character that was a tree because in the books the there is a column the oak tree because i wanted to to show his roots under the earth and etc so uh, the first character was uh that created was colin the oak tree then his sidekick uh fluffy the squirrel and because we would show the roots uh, of Colin, then I created Mother Earth and and then Father Son. And this is how we came to uh, put those two in the first story. And it became um, 
like really resembling to the notion of uh, the 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 creation story that most uh, native uh, tribes have, you know, the father, son, and mother earth. But um, it wasn't necessarily necessarily our intention to do so in the first place. <laughs> right. You just kind of it kind of had that feel. And maybe it was something that you heard, you know, some some time or growing up or something like that and could have been an influence. I mean, because I know there's probably a lot of um, there must be a lot of Native American or Native American Native tribes uh, around where you live. Right. In that area. Yes, we do have a have a couple of uh, native tribes here, like uh, um, the Wendake and um, uh, Crees. We have um, uh, Abenakis, and we have we have a few. Yes, but I'm right. not I'm not very knowledgeable of uh, of them. I must say. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, neither am I. Obviously, I'm calling them Native American, and they can't, couldn't possibly be Native American. They would be uh, <laughs> Native Canadian tribes, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm interested in stories. I guess was why uh, I asked, and mm -hmm. storytelling, and kind of where those things originate. So I just think they're interesting. And you notice in a lot of um, stories that come from those roots that they do talk about things more um, connected to the natural world than yes. I guess some stories, you know, that we're brought up with. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they touch on those things like being in connection with the earth and connection with, uh, with your body and, and those kinds of things. So I, I think, I think that's great that you have that approach in the stories because it is important. You know, that's something that all children, everybody should really learn to trust themselves, you know, to trust their own intuition. And it takes us years sometimes to get to that part, right? To really understand what that is. Yeah, because one of the things that was really important to me across the whole, the eight stories, was that to facilitate the process of the children connecting with his own heart. And what is there in our hearts, you know? Well, it's the things that matter to us, you know? And... Because when we, as when, while we're growing up, you know, we experience all different kinds of, uh, of setbacks and difficulties and wounds and what have you. And what that creates is a slow disconnection from our hearts because uh, the pain we have and the love and the power we have resides in the same place, which is our heart. And so the more we experience, um, fears and disappointments and wounds, etc. the more sometimes we can disconnect from that inner wisdom that we have. And so it was really important for me to convey across all of the stories that connection with what's going on inside of us because this is our, this is our lighthouse, you know, this is our compass in life, I think, or I think it should be. <laughs> and... And so when when we slowly disconnect from our heart at a, a young age, then we start to give too much importance to outside validation, outside love, outside appreciation, and which makes us lose um, the focus on who we truly are and um, our, uh, you know, when we start to give too much um importance to what other people say is that it's because we have we were in a in a way conditioned to 
to um, to give less attention to what's going on inside of us and more attention to what's going on outside and to whatever authority our parents say authorities and teachers and what have you say our friends you know everything on the outside seems more important than what we think of ourselves because we become more um conditioned to it so i think it was important for me to convey the idea that uh staying in touch with with your art with your own heart and what's going on inside is is paramount in staying true to ourselves and remaining authentic and expressing ourselves uh, uh, being who we truly are i think starts from the ability to stay connected with ourselves and taking care of ourselves you know so right no i agree and i really think that parents when they're reading this to their kids maybe that will be a good reminder for them as well and Mm -hmm. i know kids kids today are just bombarded with so much stimulation and so much more influence you know their friends are are such a huge influence sports figures celebrities and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and now that social media is such an important part of all of our lives really and it's not going away anytime soon (laughs) although sometimes we we might wish that it would you know Mm -hmm. um the, there's good and bad in everything, right? But I mean, I think just for children today, there's so much more influence to take away from attention to your inner world, you know, yeah. and, and how you feel inside and, and having mm. that self-respect um, and being able to tune into that mm. and, and recognizing the heart as more than just the pump pumping the blood throughout yeah. your body. But And there's so much yeah. research that backs that up now too, right? Where they're mm-hmm. finding out that the heart really is more of an emotional center than was previously thought. So it's it's great to bring those concepts up to kids. Yeah, I think it was uh, demonstrated scientifically that the heart emits uh, radiation or frequencies that affect uh, the entire body or the brain, I think. I think it, there's a correlation between the heart and the brain in um in wavelengths or things like that i don't remember but uh there is definitely something uh going on in the heart other than just pumping blood you know oh absolutely and And there's a group called heart math that i've read about and you can find out more about that online if you google it where there's a lot of research uh to back up just what you're describing yeah what they call what they call the heart um coherence heart coherence That's in relation with the the breathing also. It is. It's interesting stuff. Well, we're Mm going to take a short break here real quick. Then we'll come back and chat a little bit more. I'm talking with Patrick Arguen about his book series, Tools of the Heart, Fostering Confidence and Self-Esteem for Kids. And we'll be right back. I'm Diane Ray on unityonlineradio.org. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. Welcome back, everyone, after the break. Thank you so much for joining me. 
wherever you are spinning out there on the internet, out in the cosmos here listening to me. I am doing this show live, so if you happen to be uh, sitting at home and listening to the radio, <laughs> which I hope you are, you know, uh, then you could give us a call, 816-251-3555, if you wanted to join the conversation today. And, of course, this show will be available also in podcast. So I'm talking with my guest today, Patrick Arguen, and he's got an amazing book series here called Tools of the Heart. And it's an eight-book series teaching, teaching kids um, some amazing topics and concepts, you know, self-confidence, meditation techniques, grounding, uh, appreciation of others, and self-respect. And Patrick's done a really beautiful job with this. So he's he joins me from his home in Canada. So we've been chatting here. So Patrick, um, I wanted to find out too, a little bit about, um, you had mentioned in the previous segment that the kind of the inspiration for all of this came from your own spiritual journey. And was there like a pivotal moment for you or something that, you know, first of all, made you want to work with children and then to do a series like this? What, what was your, your spiritual journey? Uh, well, one of the things that really um, uh, motivated me to work with children was my, my own journey and the fact that I have, um, I have re- revisited you know, most of my childhood in terms of, uh, of wounds and uh, trauma, you know, uh, not necessarily big traumas, but um, things that affected me and made me the way I became and led me at 25 to to uh, to be in depression and contemplating suicide so uh, at 25 you know I um, uh, I had come to a point where where the lot the way I have been living of all my life was not sustainable anymore and so I had to to change that and so I started therapy and and uh, eventually, I learned about meditation and Reiki, and those became really um, fun- foundational in the way I I started to um, regain my my sense of self, my self esteem, and my emotional autonomy. I would say, and so, and um, while while my when I my daughter was young. Um, uh, and wanted to teach her grounding, you know, it occurred to me that I could teach her more than that and rely on the experience I had gathered so far. Because uh, before before having my, my daughter, I started to uh, to study to become a therapist also. So um, basically how I laid out the eight themes were to, um, so I could, you know, teach the children basic concepts that would, um, you know, keep them always connected with their, their hearts. So, like I said earlier, so they, what is important to them, you know, always remains a priority. And this is how, this is how you, you develop a better sense of self-care and uh, <clears throat> self-compassion and more self-respect and autonomy. So, <clears throat> with the help of my of my my two collaborators we 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 set out to uh you know find the the essential points that would help a children to become you know autonomous and authentic as much as possible so <clears throat> of course my my background was really helpful 
and uh, as well as you know my 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 life you know my my own journey as well as my therapeutic uh, background and my as well as um, you know um, everything in my life I think led up to this <laughs> right so there was right. no escaping it <laughs> so the yeah this is your life's work right like everything that you've gone through up up until this point kind of, you know, culminates in, in this project and, and brought you to where you are today. Mm-hmm. And, and thank you for sharing a little bit of your personal story, because I'm sure that, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, how you felt at 25 to be at such a dark place that you would want to take your own life. And then now fast forward and you look at your own children and I'm sure you think, you know, oh, I would, you know, I would never want my child to be in that place, you know, and if, something that you can give them a tool or a strategy like, you know, meditation technique or learning Reiki and giving them, giving them that so that they don't Mm -hmm. end up in that place, you know, is is so, so valuable, so important. Because if I could sum up, you know, what can lead a person to end up in that place is like I said earlier, it's the slow disconnection from our heart and what is important to us. Because in my in my case, you know, I experienced a situation where I, when I was two years old, and I feared of being abandoned from from uh, my parents, um, and it was a benign situation that happened. You know, uh, my grandparents were in visit, and uh, they slept in my parents' bedroom. And the morning when I woke up, you know, I couldn't find my parents, so I went outside, and I thought I had lost my parents. So this created um, a real trauma in me, which led me to become. Uh, to develop a dependency towards my parents, which made me more of a, you know, uh, wanting to please and not displease others uh, as much as possible, which led me to to lose myself in the process, in which at 25 I'd become unsustainable. So my whole journey of healing was about uh, reacquainting myself with myself, you know. So that's why the whole basis of Tools of the Heart is helping the children to to be connected and stay connected with himself, you know, so through right. different means of self-care. Well, becoming self-aware is really the first step for anyone, I would imagine, to start healing from something mm. like that. I mean, I know for myself, you know, the more I try to take the time to know myself, to really ask those important questions and and be you know, totally uh, like unflinching, you know, not afraid to ask myself those things and to, and to answer Mm -hmm. them. I think the ability to do that, you know, giving, of course you grow into it. Right. But I mean, giving kids that, um, that information is really amazing. So important. And, you know, tools like meditation and breathing, et cetera. the, The good side of that is that it helps children from an early age to, acquaint themselves with um, difficult emotions and thought processes. And so, um, so, you know, it's more, it's, it becomes easier for them to, to process those uh, unpleasant things and not let them fester in their hearts and later becoming, you know, uh, coping mechanisms and, uh, um, you know, uh, life habits that are detrimental. Right. So the, right. the, the the um, you know the younger they learn that the better they they can um, 
grow healthier habits, if I can say that. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If I would have, if I would have known a lot of those things then, you know, and, and especially going through the teenage years, it mm-hmm. would have made things a lot easier. That's for yeah. sure. And yeah. and you had mentioned uh, earlier that you were a Reiki master and mm-hmm. I'm really interested in Reiki. And I have to confess, you know, when I first, uh, you know, was learning about what Reiki was, I thought, oh, this is, you know, this is not real. (laughs) Yeah, I was skeptical. I was very skeptical until I had my first real Reiki treatment, Mm -hmm. one who was really a master. And it was amazing. And I was wondering, how do you explain something like that? Or, you know, do you do Reiki treatments on children? I've never I've never heard of that, but I'm sure it's done. Uh, It is done. But um... I haven't because I I worked more in the um, the the school system. You know, it's not something that I uh, convey yeah. really. But um, you know, I I try to convey the importance of you know, like in the books, um, you know, being in tune with yourself and listening to your heart and and things like that. Because you know, the basis of Reiki, you know, is um, could easily translate it to self empathy. Because when you perform a Reiki on yourself, what you're doing is you're giving yourself love. So you are you are on the receiving end of your own love, and which which nurtures our your um, your um, self worth. You know what is why people are so um, in pain, and uh, you know um, it's oftentimes because. Uh, like I said earlier, when they give too much importance to what other people say about them, they lose track of their own self-worth. And when you lose track of your own self-worth, then you will you will buy into whatever people are saying about you or treating you. You know, what they're saying and treating you, you take it as face value and this becomes your own value. So, you know, what Reiki brought me is the notion that I am in charge of my own self-worth. And, you know, in book number eight, I'm not talking about Reiki, but I am talking about, you know, self-empathy and, you know, Fluffy, uh, the squirrel, um, he gets he gets really mad in that story because he's trying to make provisions for, for winter of acorns and um, things are not going as planned and he, 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 he has a tantrum and <laughs> he... You know, he, he loses uh, control of himself and he retreats uh, He retreats away and puts his paws on his heart and realizes not only that his heart is beating really fast, but how being angry is so uncomfortable. And by putting his paws on his heart, he will then realize how he was able to soothe himself and, 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 and change his, uh, his, um, his inner state. You know, so uh, so having self-empathy for me was a, a really uh, important notion in taking responsibility for our emotions and being able to take power over them. So uh, this is the major thing that Reiki, uh, I learned from Reiki, is how we are a- we can be able to have a hold of our own emotions and bring ourselves comfort and soothing and uh, regain on composure, you know? So, wow. Now that's amazing. I, because I never really thought of Reiki in that way. 
So that's kind of um, giving me a new appreciation of of that whole technique and that process because mm -hmm. I was thinking of it more as you know like an energy medicine medicine kind of a tool when when really you're saying that it, it can also really teach you self love and empathy um, and and that gives you a power. Well, yeah. Well, for certain people, you know, it can become you know very. Uh, Every every fairy stuff, you know, but right, right. But if we if we remain, you know, in um in the very uh, grounded um, aspects of it, you know, it's really a question of giving yourself love and compassion and attention and time and and you know everything that sometimes as as little children we are desiring from our parents that we don't sometimes don't get necessarily, and that we are able to give ourselves, you know. Um, you know, uh, in the beginning, I, I spoke about the uh, the attachment bonding period that children undergoes between zero, zero and four or five. And um, how uh, be feeling secure, uh, feeling safe, feeling loved. And um, the other thing I forgot the, the word, um, not companionship, but uh, belonging. OK. You know, these needs are very important uh, for the child because it teaches him how to, to care for himself. So at 25, you know, um, uh, realizing that those those uh, this attachment bond that I had as a child was um, screwed up, shall we say. Um, Reiki, what, what it brought me was to... Uh, slowly but surely mend this attachment bond, but from me to me, you know, so to give myself what I had come to expect from others or, um, or, uh, you know, yeah, basically to expect from others, you know, attention, love, etc. So when I performed Reiki on me, I was receiving the things that, that I used to uh, expect from other people. And you know what the worst uh, relationship killer is expectations <laughs> yes so that's true so the more you learn to love yourself and give yourself what you need the more you enter in relationships um with just the intention of sharing who you are and not expecting from others what you're lacking and this is also something that we're, we're trying to convey in the stories as well it's so important i mean it's even part of you know maslow's hierarchy of need yeah, so the, exactly. The things that, that we really need, uh, love and belonging, self-esteem, mm -hmm. those, those things are, it's kind of, uh, I guess, ingrained in us, right? Or as as humans, you know, something that's very important for us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't find it within ourselves, we will look outside. And that's where we start finding some problems. Yeah. So the the series that you're doing is, is so important. I, I really hope you have a lot of success with it. Thank you. So, Thank you so much. Oh, sure. Well, you know, when all this craziness is over, you know, like <laughs> things get back to normal, you know, people um, can find your books, you know, I mean, they can find them now on Amazon or on your website, Tools from the Heart. But I mean, hopefully schools will be opening their doors to these kinds of ideas and maybe introduce the books into the school systems. I mean, yeah. I think amazing. But so, you know, you know uh, go ahead. If I may, you know, in the situation we're in right now, you know, in confinement and quarantine, you know, I think it's a it's a very golden opportunity for parents to 
you know, um, take a moment to realize, you know, well, personally and collectively, you know, it's a good opportunity to to face the things we, we have created and, and take responsibility for that. And one of the things that will jump in our faces the most being at home with our kids is how our own children turn up. <laughs> and so, um, and so, no, but if we, um, I think it's a good time to, to re-question ourselves with what is important to us, you know, and what are the things that we want to model on our kids and what values we want to, to, to instill in them, you know, being on such a pause, uh, you know, a, a pause that we don't know when it's going to end. Um, I think it brings us in a, a very good spot for introspection and, you know, reconsidering the things in our lives that, that matter most and what are the, what are the things that we, we don't mind stepping away from. You know, right, so uh, right. and and we uh, on my website, you know, we because of COVID-19, we thought it was a good opportunity for that. We have lowered our prices and especially for the, um, the dig- digital versions of the books. Uh, I think you can have the whole series on digital and PDF version uh, format for twenty six dollars. So uh, and people can get the whole they can get the whole series is as that what you're saying right now? They could get the whole series for a special price? Yeah, on digital, uh, in digital format, in PDF format, they can download it on your PC or tablet, and they will have the eight books for $26. Uh, of course, the, the paper books are reduced as well, but um, not a, it's, it doesn't represent a, as much of a rebate as the digital version, but um, you know they are available, and they're available in all major um, online bookstores like Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and Indigo and things like that. Oh, that's so great. Mm -hmm. So also for parents that are stuck at home with, uh, with their kids, I hate to say it like it's a a real bad thing because, you know, (laughs) there's, there's a positive thing to this, right? I mean, maybe if you've been so busy and wrapped up in work, you know, now you can take some time and spend time with your kids and maybe talk to them about some of these concepts. I mean, are there some exercises that you're recommending or, you know, maybe like a, a quick meditation exercise you could share with uh, the listeners? Um, well, maybe some tips I could I could uh, provide, you know, because, you know, high emotions, you know, they, they really come from mental activity, which is affected by too much mental stimulation. So reducing mental stimulation as would be tip number one, you know, take it, take time away from TV and social media and, and things like that. And just be, um, have quiet moments. And, um, if you have young children, you know, you can, uh, lay down on, in the couch, get a blankie, invite, invite them for a cozy hug and have them, their eyes closed and bring them aware of their breathing and noticing the quietness and, their slow heartbeat and the well-being it creates and the comfort they they might feel also and you know take time take the time to do nothing but take care of yourself and model it you know the best way to 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 teach to teach it to our children and modeling it is to do it by ourselves so yes um, taking moments in the day when they're there's no music, no TV, no distractions, and just uh, be in a, a quiet moments or um, 
this will really help the the children to 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 observe the parents and say well uh, the parents are doing it so it must be important you know children are always always looking at us uh, to to learn how to behave you know it, it is part of our um, programming you know our brains are design are designed to to do just that you know observe and mimic and learn so so the more we we model self-care and taking time to uh, to enjoy life in those little moments is really important and um, finding creative outlets reading books crafts cooking anything that brings you a sense of pleasure and unaware of the passing time I think is also important because that's when you know you are doing something you enjoy that is worth your time, your your time, and it brings you closer to what is important for you. So, so I think this, you know, can really help help the parents to realize that how being close to their children uh, was missing for them and was also missing for the children. You know, sometimes in uh, in the daily grind, we don't always realize that but i think this uh, forced quarantine um brings us more aware of the things that we truly need and right. so i think i think in that sense you know of course nobody wants to get sick and everything and uh but for those people in quarantine you know i think it's uh it's a golden opportunity to take the time to to realize what really matters in their life and uh, what they will carry on uh, on the other side, you know, after COVID-19, because I truly believe that there will be, uh, there was a before COVID-19 and there will be an after COVID-19 in terms of personal and collective aspirations. So what we are creating uh, on a personal level uh, will eventually transpose itself in the collective. And may I just, um, you know, I think, because I think that collectively and personally, we are we are brought to take uh, to be aware of our own responsibilities in personally and collectively. And speaking of responsibilities, I just want to say a, a quick uh, kudos to all of the people in the medical care and all of the people that have responsibilities over people in order to facilitate all transitions and um, the food supplies and all the supplies to to make this world turn as much as possible given the circumstances. So, um, you know, I, I'm grateful for being in a situation that I'm in, but I'm also grateful for the, the people that are relentlessly uh, working there, themselves off for, for protecting us and taking care of us. So it's really important. Right. No, I second that for sure. I mean, I definitely want to thank all those people that are out there kind of keeping things going while yeah. we're trying to stop the slow of the spread of this thing. Mm -hmm. And I love what you're saying, you know, and it, it's going to be really interesting to see what will happen. Like you said, there's before and after, you know, will we, what will we learn from this experience? You know, what will we take away? Well, look, maybe I need to, you know, spend some more time with my kids. And like you were saying, teach by letting them observe and mm -hmm. you be the example and, and kind of setting those those things in place. And if it will continue after all of this is over, I mean, you know, getting kids just used to 
silence. Like, see if they could even sit for a few minutes with no TV, no phone, no outside stimulation, anything like that. So it's really interesting what you're saying. You know, what mm-hmm. what will happen? We don't know. <laughs> you know, yeah. we'll see. But I mean, I can only hope, and I'm sure <clears throat> you feel that way too, that out of this experience, out of this shared experience, everybody all over the world were going through this in some in some form or another. I mean, I think globally, pretty much everyone is affected by this. Yeah. What will be the outcome? What will be will there be some positive piece that we can take from this, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see what, what happens and, with that. And one of the things that having a, a before and after situation brings, I think is intuitively people feel this sort of a uh, grieving process that is taking place because we are very well aware that there are things and systems that will no longer be able to function as they are. And so it brings a lot of of questioning and turmoil, etc. And you know, when we grieve, you know, there is the first reaction of of, of denial and uh, not ex- not denial of what is really ap- happening. And after that, you become p- perhaps angry at the situation, etc. And you and over time, you know, uh, acceptance start to settle in, and you accept that uh, certain things are no longer and that makes you, you know, because when you want to to tend towards new things, you have to to close the door on certain other things. Right. So I think that personally and collectively, there's a certain um, grieving process that is also uh, going on that may provoke uh, high emotions. So I think uh, finding our center and finding our balance is important. Uh, more now than ever. <laughs> now more than ever. Yeah. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And it's been such a pleasure to talk with you today. And I urge people to go to your site, toolsoftheheart.com, and check out the book series and keep an eye on what Patrick is doing in the future. And Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Stay safe. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.